Yeah. So if, if you're t- talking to some kid in the neighborhood and he's 18 years old, he's coming out of high school and he's like, I'm thinking I want to be a police officer. You still would encourage somebody, a young man or woman to get into law enforcement. I'd probably say go to the fire department first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Steve Holstein, and this is Holstein and Company Show 7490, and I'm talking with fellow retired radio guy Bruce Ramsier, who had a side job in the Champaign Police Department. He once shared he'd like to start a law enforcement-related podcast, so I'll see if that's still part of his plan. And we'll talk tanks, pandemic policing, church cleaning, and the movie that was filmed at Fort Knox. Are you still thinking about doing a podcast? Yes. Yes. In, in fact, I was out working in the garage today and I've got a little uh, seven, about an eight by seven room that I'm walling off in my garage that is just going to be just for me. Because uh, so like right now I'm in the library. So we got an extra room. It's right next to our bedroom and the bathroom. And we still got three kids in the house and with two bathrooms are kind of getting used all the time. I'm right on a truck route. So I put a pillow behind the microphone against the window to kind of block some of that truck route noise. But I figure if I get a room out there, but also since it'll be insulated and heated, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to store all my paint and my like flammable stuff that I've been wanting to lock up forever anyway. So underneath this cool desk that I'm going to have, it's going to be like all garage storage stuff. <laughs> I don't know. There's something there's something iffy about having a podcast recording studio and lots of flammable paint. Sure, why not? You know, got to kind of <laughs> just make sure I have everything just in case. You were talking about noises, um, and you you live along a truck route, and so and I'm I've got a basement office, and it's relatively quiet. But we moved. Uh, and uh, we're in the old part of Champaign again. We'd been wanting for a couple of years to get back here. And I'm living in a house with a boiler. Clink, 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 clink. And the machine you know, is always making noises. Oh, so it, it might pop up in the middle of this conversation. I know I used to clean a church basement and the church had boilers and man, I, I couldn't go there until late on a Saturday night. Um, they usually had like a, a group of Weight Watchers folks that met there and they, they took over the basement. Um, so when they were done, I'd go in and in the wintertime, I mean, it was dark anyway, it was like 11 or midnight and then it's creaking, making all these noises. I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't think I like this. And the cool thing about it, so I'd clean everything and I'd scrub it and wax it or whatever. And then I was done. I'd line up all the chairs. And then I would just sit there and I'd be like, that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> that looks good. And then I'd leave. And then, of course, Sunday would happen to just all get trashed. And then there was a daycare in there throughout the week, and they would totally just ruin my work. And then I'd do it all again Saturday night. Yeah. Those those churchgoers, man. They <sighs> Yeah. So you, you re- retired from policing and radio at the same time. <laughs> I retired from radio. <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's cut the record straight here. Um, yeah. So for nine or ten years, I was on the radio um <clears throat> but whose show was i on actually right well mine yeah, but yeah, but i mean yeah, you yeah. but you st- you know after they terminated the contract then you you after they ter- terminated the, is that how you say it that's, that makes you that's feel what they do nice... that's what they do they t- i had a contract so you sent me this little little video of you shutting off your alarms and everything and kind of cryptic and i'm like hey wait a minute this looks like dude just got fired or arrested or something so yeah. you know followed up on that but I guess that's the way they do things in your business. They just like, okay, every couple of years, you know, we, we, we agreed to this contract. And then when we're done, I'm not going to tell you before the show. Um, whereas when I get to leave, even though with COVID, we really didn't do a whole lot. I, I at least get to say goodbye to everybody. And you yeah. totally did not. 
That's kind of how media works, especially radio. I have had friends over the years. You know, Andy Roberts, who was uh, a longtime co-host on the show with Melissa and me, you know, the general manager at the time, calls him down to the office. I was completely unaware of it. Three-person award-winning morning show, top of our game, and uh, I get called down to the office and, hey, uh, Andy's Andy's done. What are you talking about? You know? <laughs> Sorry, what? So, that was just totally weird, though. 24 years you know, of that, your name all over everything and uh, totally get ripped off like that. Now, obviously you are a uh, very creative kind of guy and we're able to draft a nice uh, kind of little farewell letter kind of thing, little bio, uh, which was really cool. Um, So I was glad you at least got to do that. But yeah, I was, I I was around the dinner table with my family when that thing came in and we were, we were tearing up at the table when we got the news that you got hosed like that. We're like, that's so wrong. I felt like going to write somebody a ticket. (laughs) (laughs) I did the press release just so people, when they tuned in the next Monday, I knew the News Gazette would carry it. I knew it would spread on social media. And then, and then that was that. So I just wanted to get the word out because otherwise, you know, you just, you go dark. Absolutely. People wondering what's up. And then they start making up their own stories. And So you, you're retired from the Champaign Police Department. I knew we'd talked the past couple of years off air. I don't even on air. I think you mentioned, you know, someday when I retire. But you're still, you, you mentioned to me the other day, you're still teaching. You're, so you're still involved. Yep. So I got uh, I got hired on at PTI, the Police Training Institute, which is one of the many, um, you know, police academies in the state. And uh, I actually taught there years ago. Um, but then once we started having our fifth and sixth child, things just got way too hectic. I'm like, I need to pull back a little bit. So I, I, I left there. Um, so when I went back, I, I had to go through the hiring process again. I got rehired um, and uh, they took me on. And I just literally started the last couple of weeks uh, inching my way back into the system. And uh, and it's a blast. I love it. Yeah. PTI, Police Training Institute. And I'm, I actually just filled out the online application for DJTI, the Disc Jockey Training Institute. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you pulling my leg? I'm pulling your leg. <laughs> so how, how often are you teaching then? How does that work with PTI? So they do, uh, they're 14-week classes. And right now they've got 81 students, which is huge. Um, and due to the COVID thing, they've actually separated them. So even when they're uh, like in-person learning like they are this week, uh, they have one main classroom. And then they've got two other classrooms in the same building that are Zoom. Um, but I really like the interaction of talking to people. So what I would do is, is while I'm, I'm talking or whatever, I would scroll down the list and I'll be like, hey, Steve, uh, why don't you go ahead and turn your microphone on? Steve, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. He's like, ah, you know, like, <laughs> I'll put my phone down and my whatever else down and then have a conversation with him. And um, I, I, was, I, I couldn't really, I monitor the chat sometimes, but sometimes they're just going on and on about this stupid stuff. And every once in a while I'll pull up, I'm like, I saw what you said, you know, about whatever. And, uh, and then we kind of go on. So for, for as challenging as it was with this new platform of learning, it actually went really well, and I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. It's fun. So the students that are in your 14-week PTI class, uh, when will they get a badge? So they probably already got their badge. Um, and that's what I remember when I started back in 1995. I got sworn in at the city building. Um, I got back to the department. They handed me like three badges, one for a shirt, one for a jacket, one for a hat, whatever. Uh, and then they got me my gun. And they're like, okay, there you go. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel whatever. And I, I was, I was going to go to PTI anyway. So I just, I took it all and I put it in my locker. Now, like I'd already been in the army for several years. I know how to handle guns and, you know, tanks and all that other stuff. Um, but, but for some reason it was just a whole different feeling of, you know, uh, uh, responsibility, authority, whatever. I'm like, 
I, I don't want to get myself involved in any of this yet. So I put it in my locker and I locked it up and then went to PTI. And then, of course, as PTI went on there, like, hey, make sure you bring this because you need to dress up in uniform because you got to practice. Uh, make sure you, um, you know, bring your gun so we can go to the range and things like that. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. I like that you said, you know, I got this stuff and I put it in my locker. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ready for it yet. Essentially, you were at the maturity level, probably because you'd been in the military and mm-hmm. you knew tanks and stuff. Yeah. By the way, is there a TTI, a tank training institute? Is that something you would look into teaching? Well, it was actually the armor officer basic course, smart guy, um, down at Fort, <laughs> it used to be at Fort Knox, Kentucky. Uh, and they actually still have the Patton Museum down there. You know, I know the COVID, everything's closed down, but if you're, you or anybody's out traveling anywhere and you're by Fort Knox, Kentucky, no, they won't let you tour the gold. Um, they keep that locked up, but there is a patent museum where they have a history of tanks and they physically have one of every tank. Interesting side note, something else cool about Fort Knox, Kentucky. Do you know what movie was filmed there? Uh, I should know this because what you may not know is I used to live near there. No way. Yeah. Early in my radio career, I lived in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Yeah. Duh, right there. Yeah. It's Elizabethtown, Radcliffe. Just which is south of south of Louisville. Yeah, and you got a Piggly Wiggly in town, don't you? Piggly Wiggly was it? Or was it Win Dixie? Which one was it? That's it. That's the one. Win Dixie. Ah, sorry. Yeah, but perhaps they've what? merged now, and maybe they're now <laughs> Piggly Dixie. <laughs> <laughs> so, what movie was so, filmed at Fort Knox? Stripes. Bill Murray. So, am I to understand that you men completed your training on your own? That's the fact. Yeah. That's where they did their razzle dazzle boot camp uh, training. There was actually at Fort Knox. So now the weird th- thing about it was it was a, a an armor place where you know they did a lot of shooting and things blowing stuff up. Um, they literally had a tank trail all the way around the 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 base, and it's a huge base. Um, but I remember when my family came to visit me, they'd stayed at the officers' quarters, you know, like this nice little hotel or whatever uh, on on post. But they got woke up really early because the ground would shake as these sixty three ton tanks would roll past. <laughs> and of course, you know, as you're a visitor or a guest, you're like, oh, that's really pretty cool. And then you know, once you live out there, you're like, man, it's really ain't so cool anymore. So that's where I went to my tank training institute. So you're doing PTI, and is that is that kind of a full time job or is that more part time? Uh, right now it's about half time, okay. uh, about 20 hours a week, give or take. Uh, they do some night classes. They do some weekend stuff here or there. So what I like is it's really flexible um, and uh, it just kind of changes. And then every 14 weeks they're off for two weeks and then they start up again. So do you occasionally, you've only started doing the PTI fairly recently, but have you ever like, you seen a, seen a name on the Zoom or looked at your list of who's going to be in your class and you went, oh, oh yeah, I worked with your dad. <laughs> well, I certainly could have worked with their dads. There's actually a few people in this class that I hi- helped hire um, because we did the interviews, you know, a couple months ago. So I remember doing the uh, Zoom chat with them. So they're actually in the class now. So that's kind of fun because I know a few are going to be going to Champagne, uh, and some other ones are going to other you know agencies around. Uh, there was a kid in the class now um, that was uh, on the class with um, another teacher who's a retired Champagne County Sheriff. I was co-teaching with this guy and uh, he, while they're just talking in front of the whole class, uh, the kid's like, yeah, my badge number is this. The instructor's like, that was my badge number for 30 years. So now this kid's got it. So they got to kind of do a little zoom bonding right there. So that was kind of neat. You mean when you've been with the police department for 30 years, they don't just retire your badge number. Nope. Well, I mean, I mean, think about it. I mean, like, so our, our, our badges, we are 700. 
the 700 series. So I, when I was a, just a patrol officer, I was a 706. That was my badge number. Um, so for the officers, which are the bulk of the department, once you go through 700, that's 100 badge numbers, you know, you, you, you're going to run out. I mean, you keep retiring because people leave, then, then what are you going to do? And we tried that for a while. We did like 7101, 7102. Then we're like, no, we're not doing that. So, you know, something, you know, something big happens or, you know, something unfortunate happens and they want to retire a badge for that, um, you know, then they can do that. Okay. But i uh, tell you what, uh, what I, I don't know if I told you before, but I also took a part-time job up at the Fire Service Institute, the FSI. <laughs> um, so why I went to the dark side and go to the fire department, I'm not really sure. Um, but while I was getting hired on at uh, PTI, uh, one of the instructors there said, hey, I actually got this card from one of the guys down there. They're putting together this class and they want uh, they want a, they want a couple of cops in there to kind of offer their perspective. Would you be interested? So for the last couple of months, I've been doing some training classes with them, just trying to get up to speed. And, you know, who knows, maybe in the next couple of months, I may be teaching a class or two for them as well. It's a whole new experience. So, you know, I like it. And you're in reasonably good shape, man. I've seen you. And so if you decided, you know what, I'm going full time in the fire department, you'd have to no, do it. In, that, no, <laughs> that won't happen. No, no, absolutely not going to happen. happen. No. Uh, and you're and you're right. Round round is a shape. So I am definitely <laughs> in shape. Well, like you said, I mean, the fire department is is very different because it's, first of all, as far as I can tell, there's like no politics involved, right? Nobody's saying defund the fire department. So far, so far? that's okay. okay. Yeah, so far. Right. Um, there's definitely other, you know, city politics and internal politics of things. Um, and of course, you know, once you get to the, you know, the budget level and then the police department versus fire department and things like that. So, you, you know, you always have that. But yeah, you're right. There have been no marches on the fire stations yet. So, uh, so, so they're, they're in the clear for now. What would you say is like the, the the toughest thing that changed, the hardest change from like 2020, which was kind of your last full year? I mean, what just made it more difficult or more challenging over that over that time? Um, I think the the when, when you've got, when you're supervising everybody that's doing a hard job anyway. Um, you know, cause we always joke, you know, they don't, they don't call 911 and say, Hey, come on over for a party. We're having a good time. It's always, you know, the worst, you know, the worst time in my life. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I've had to call 911 a few times personally. Um, and those were not good days. Um, so, I mean, we, we get the big picture and we understand why, um, you know, people aren't in a good mood. Um, but you know, when you, when you, when you do that, all day, every day, it's either traffic crash and people are upset at each other or somebody's stolen something, they're upset or a domestic, whatever it is, everybody's all upset at each other. So that's hard enough to deal with. But add that on top of what now in 2020, everybody else has got in their own personal life. Maybe their spouse is not working. Maybe their spouse is, you know, whatever. And, and you've got all these other restrictions and you can't go out and socialize with people the way you used to. You know, whether you want to go out and have a cup of coffee, you know, grab a snack, have a drink, whatever, you now can't do that. So that's adding stress to people's lives, not just the people that we're going to help, but our officers, you know, our officers are, you know, they're on social media and they're, and they're seeing things and they're maybe getting upset. Um, and then, you know, they, they have to go out and they're wearing masks and, you know, that's upsetting and all these other things. And so they come into work, they're already up to here. And that's not, it's not a good place to be. Yeah. So if, if you're t talking to some kid in the neighborhood and he's 18 years old, he's coming out of high school and he's like, I'm thinking I want to be a police officer. You still would encourage somebody, a young man or woman to get into law enforcement. I'd probably say go to the fire department first. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, come on. They've got stainless steel kitchens and <laughs> they, each shift has their own refrigerator. Oh, and they're all very good cooks. You know, it's. Oh, uh, they know how to cook or casseroles and chili. So, I mean. Yeah, but it's still good. It's good. And they get desserts and stuff. So, you know, like, so I like to joke, joke with my firemen. I, I wouldn't want that job. Um, you know, I, you know, maybe there are things about my job that I don't like that maybe I like their part better. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact, my wife had brought this up in the last couple of years we were talking and I was getting frustrated with things. And, and, uh, she's like, you mean to tell me you don't want your kids in this profession? And, you know, I was cranky. I'm like, no, you know, I need to do something else or whatever. And she says, but, but, you know, we need, you know, the profession, the people need good, honorable, honest people in this profession. And don't you think you would be in a spot, you know, to, to teach your boys that? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so if I think big picture, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is still a very cool, very honorable, very noble profession. I mean, it's cool to be in a position like that where somebody at their worst moment calls, picks up the phone and, and you get to be the one to do this. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not like I said, it's not always fun. Um, but, you know, there are other jobs. I think you could probably say that as well, where, you know, it's just not exciting or, or, whatever, you know, if you're a coroner and all you're seeing is, you know, <laughs> dead bodies, like, you know, maybe that or a funeral home director or things like that. But, you know, my hope is, is, you know, all people go into the profession, um, you know, or the vocation that they're, they're wanting. Um, and, it, and it's what they're supposed to be in and what they like and what they're good at comes, maybe comes easier for them. Well, and the majority of people in this country around the world do love police. And you can see that when you show up at events, you show up at schools when you could, and, and, and that'll happen again. And what, you know, blows up is that 5%, mm -hmm. and then it gets spread on social media. I know when, when I was in a radio studio, and we'd be talking about something, and you'd get one phone call from somebody, and they were critical. And that would really be a, that would be like a gut punch, and it's like we'd have to remind each other. That's one person. Yeah, and you're right. And, and you know, when the guys are on, you know, social media, well, then they, they see these things, all the bad things or the bad comments. So then, you know, whether it's real or imagined or blown out of proportion, now they're, you know, they're all upset and worked up. Or I'm like, guy, that's like 400 miles from here. I would think that being off social media would be more beneficial for somebody in law enforcement than beneficial. Oh, absolutely. I just, I just, you know, because I'm, you know, like when I was on the radio, you know, prepping for a show that was four hours long, for every hour that you're on the air, you better be preparing at least an hour off the air. Um, you know, people would say, what did you do when you get off the air? Well, there were meetings and we had to rec record commercials and all this other stuff. But there was constant, you know, show preparation throughout the day and night and Twitter, social media, Instagram, you're looking for just little things and you're gathering and gathering and gathering. So you go in the studio and you got 16 breaks to fill. But since I'm no longer doing a four hour daily radio show, I, I don't have to be on social media. And I got to tell you, that has that nice. It is nice. Yeah, I got off it several years ago and, and it was it was because of all the upset. I mean, you know, the guys at work are posting things and then they're going back and forth and you know, they're talking about you or somebody else. And you're like, I'm not even, I don't have time for all this. You know, I just, I just don't have time for this. Or and, even if you're but, a, an officer and there's something that happens 500 miles away, you post a comment Oh yeah. or you post a, a story about it in your own feed. You, you add your own little innocuous comment 
Somebody decides that they're not liking cops that day. They post a reply. Human nature, you're going you're gonna to do something. You're going to post the angry emoji. Yeah. You're going to make a comment. And then you're down the rabbit hole and the whole night is lost and you're talking. Uh. Even our own police department and people are like, oh, we don't do anything on Facebook or we need to do better at this. Well, number one, the guys don't want to put themselves out there like that. Um, and, I, and I get it. And number two, when we put little things out there, we get you know these hate and junk comments back sometimes about stuff and like, where did this come from? Or putting some Google review on the police department of, you know, <laughs> of whatever. And since it's a government, you know, uh, uh, site, we can't take anything down. You're not allowed to delete tweets or texts or anything. And it all has to stay. Well, you'll be happy to know since you brought up Google reviews, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you were with the Champaign Police Department, Bruce, I gave you guys five out of five stars. Oh. Uh, I think it was in your first year of being on the show. But now that you've retired, I've gone back and revised my review four out of five. <laughs> four <so>. out of five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Bruce Ramsier, Lieutenant Bruce. Uh, and I actually didn't even know your last name until I said, hey, you got to come on my uh, on my uh, podcast show. <laughs> so I always knew you was Lieutenant Bruce. You would never tell us your last name. That is uh, so not true. <laughs> Congratulations on uh, retirement. Yes, yes. I, I just kind of call it changing jobs, moving on to the next part. And now I enjoy it a lot. Thanks very much. And uh, hey, your basement looks lovely from what I can see here. So, uh, you know, enjoy. <laughs> great talking to you. All right. Take care. It was great catching up with Bruce. And uh, it sounds like he's keeping busy in retirement. Hey, before I go, if you'd like to reach me or suggest a guest for the show, please email me at steve at holstein.co. And now I leave you with the actual sound of my boiler. <laughs>